0: hello everyone this is frank Riker, and this is darren sands and this is another quickfire episode of the slaughterland podcast and today we're going to be talking about john carpenter characters uh this is something that was a long time coming and we just have to mention a disclaimer michael myers is not going to be on this (laughs) and neither is uh laurie Laurie strode
1: I think we just... I can hear the sound of people unsubscribing right (laughs) now. Don't do that. Don't do that. Subscribe. You will like this.
0: (laughs) Just listen to what we have to say. There's other movies out there besides Halloween. You've gone and done it now. Yeah, I know. Sorry, everybody. (laughs) Since I went last time on our quickfire, Dan, you can go first.
1: Okay. So stay there, Halloween fans, because my favorite... Um, carpenter character is Dr. Sam Loomis played by Donald Pleasance yeah, now. um I'm thinking more earlier Loomis uh than I am kind of Loomis as he kind of started to go to sound like this towards the end. you know, I can't be doing with any of that, and you know you know
0: where he is, <laughs> <laughs> Michael, go home, go home.
1: Yeah, it was just kind of like a, t- a token gesture getting in, into those films at that point. You know, they needed a star. And, you know, poor old Donald Pleasance was at the, the kind of, in his twilight years, in fact, he actually died, didn't he, midway through production on um, on Halloween 6. Um, but, yeah, earlier earlier Dr. Loomis, before he hit the gin, you know, before Pleasance was just wandering around the set with a bottle of Gordons in his pocket, Um So, Halloween 1 and 2, and at a push, Halloween 4 as well. I think he's got some great dialogue in Halloween 4, which, as we all know, everybody's a fan of Halloween 4. A filling station in flames! I tell you, Michael Myers is here in this town! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way Incredibly underrated um, at the time when it came out, but obviously over the years, people have kind of really, you know, uh, either rediscovered it or or appreciated it even more as time has gone on, but yeah, Loomis uh, from Halloween one and two, his his presence in the in in those first Halloween movies is just is just terrific. He's a he's a he's a terrific protagonist. Um, again, like I said about his his speeches in Halloween four, the speeches in Halloween one and two are just so memorable, so quotable, and and really give um the character of Michael Myers that ex- extra sort of mystique and um here he is actually I was <laughs> going to ask about that Frank that's been there for a few episodes now do you just kind of get that out for this or is that does that stay in the bedroom when um when you and Sarah go to bed is that kind of like hovering over your bed as you sleep we like it when he watches <laughs> or you and just put an it expert in the bed in with you <laughs> Michael <laughs> where'd you buy a standee of dick warlock <laughs> where'd you buy a standee of dick well where'd you uh, where you buy that
0: uh there's there's actually uh people who custom make these you know if okay. you want to get a particular you know if you if you put um you know cutouts of you know jack sparrow you get johnny depp you get Particularly certain ones, and people actually custom make them on cardboard cutouts and stuff. I have one uh, that's, that should be coming pretty soon. Uh, different from him, another movie monster. Uh, so maybe I'll just throw a whole bunch of movie monsters in the background and get rid of this.
1: <laughs> wow. Okay, I, you know, my wife would be delighted if I brought one of those home to put to stick in the corner of the bedroom. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, you, know, you could say. You know,
0: he's the only one that listens to me, Darren. <laughs>
1: so so loomis the 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 main protagonist of, of the early halloween films um uh, a superb character one of one of my favorites of of, of all the car- uh, carpenters characters and we all know donald pleasant did a great job but i think that um christopher lee could have done an equally as good a job as well if he'd have been given the chance but uh, yeah dr sam loomis is my first choice
0: it's it's a good shout-out. I mean, it's, it's 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 the yin and the yang, isn't it? You can't have Michael without Donald Pleasance, Sam Loomis. Mm. You can't have it. And now, you know, you, you can't have Michael without Laurie. There's usually one or two characters that feed off each other, you know, so well. And Donald Pleasance did that. You know, I, I would like to see John Belushi would have done it because he was actually picked for everything. <laughs> Um, uh, my, my first John Carpenter character is uh, John Nada. Or Nada, depending, but it's Nada. Uh, and that's from the movie They Live, played by Roddy Piper. Uh-huh. This character is, is... Not only does it have one of the best fight scenes in cinema history, the back alley street fight, uh-huh. and one of the best lines of any John Carpenter movie is said by Roddy Piper is... Uh,
1: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of (laughs) bubblegum.
0: Or, you know, going to the convenience store and like, you, you're okay. This one, really fucking ugly. (laughs) 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 You know, I think think when it came out, They Live wasn't as popular. Mm. But then it's got this resurgence of people who love them, you know, Coming out with a definitive, you know, edition. Coming out with, you know, action figures now, and I think it's all,
1: all happening ever since Roddy died. Mm. You know, which and is, also which it, it is too soon, too soon. It's a movie that was ahead of its time, and and you know, there's a lot of relevance to some of the messages that are in that film today. Um, and, I, you know, over the last few years, people have kind of rediscovered it. And um, quite often you'll see in YouTubers' backgrounds things like Obey. And um, what was the other one that was in there? Consume. You know, like, consume. You know, yeah, watch television. In.
0: Yeah. yeah, you know, because Isn't that just like what we're doing now? People are glued to their screens and their iPads and their their mm-hmm. tablets. It's yeah, the same. yeah. This movie could be redone.
1: It could. Oh, 100% absolutely it was
0: still be relevant
1: yeah yeah i think it's still relevant now it's it's, it it is i think you did hit the nail on the head though with the street fight being one of the best um fight sequences in movie history it is for sure and it's amazing that that you know I, i think a lot of it was down to roddy piper and his experience with with wf at the time keith david as well really um plays his part in that sequence and it's one of those fight sequences that just goes on and on, and you think it's over. And just as you think, it is like a WF match, isn't it? A WWE mm-hmm. match. Um, the, you know, you think people are finished, and then all of a sudden the, the leg moves or the arm moves, and they're back up again. Uh, and it's just great fun. There's also another sequence with, with, within the movie as well, where Meg Foster... lady with the eyes she smashes roddy piper over the back of the head with a with a a jack daniels bottle or something it's a bottle or a glass or something and throws him out of the window that sequence there is just it comes out of nowhere it's a real sort of sucker punch isn't it
0: I loved it as a kid. I I still love it now. You know, Buck Flowers is in it. You know, he was once a, uh, you know, the, he was once a hobo. You know, a poor guy in it. And uh, and what did the aliens do? They they buy him. They <laughs> gave him all this. You know, they gave him the watch and everything so he could teleport out there and everything. Um, yeah, I just think it's a you know a, a fun movie. And that fight scene, like you said, is so popular. Even South Park re- recreated
1: it with <laughs> Tibby and Jimmy. Did they really?
0: Yeah,
1: I never knew that. fight. I'm gonna have to check that out. I never and knew that they did it punch for punch. So you could see
0: uh, th- there's people on YouTube that put a comparison, and they got it correct. Matt and Trey wow. put it
1: the same way. Oh, I'm gonna have to look at that. Even to, to look the,
0: uh, even to the even to the you know the the the, the kicking the balls, and you hear them say, "You dirty mother." Ah. You dirty mother
1: <laughs> Wow, I'm going to definitely have to check that out Throw it on here
0: <laughs> Comedy Central, oh dang it Big deal Okay, so your next uh, Favorite uh, Carpenter movie My Let me Carpenter I character Your favorite Carpenter character
1: um, my next um, favorite Carpenter character is um, kind of short-lived um, in terms of her career because she kind of vanished a couple of years after this. And, and it's, it's uh, Laurie Zimmer from Assault on Precinct 13 who plays mm-hmm. one of the station secretaries. And she's kind of a, you know, uh, she's, got a, she's a really strong female character at a time when there weren't too many strong female characters in kind of 1976, um, particularly in an action movie. Uh, and she's kind of front and center with Austin Stoker um, uh, as, as, you know, the, the kind of heroine of the movie who takes on all these um, gangs of, of, um, of uh, well, they are they're just gangs who are infiltrating this police station to try and get to this uh, this guy who killed their leader. Um, she's Laurie Zimmer. Her performance was incredibly, you know, solid. Um, she, she's 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 a very um, assertive character. She's incredibly cool and 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 calm throughout. She gets shot in the arm in one sequence, and so she barely flinches. I, I, I... She's, she's incredibly good-looking as well, which was mm-hmm. one of the reasons that, you know, that that, that this performance <laughs> caught my eye <laughs> in the yellow turtleneck. Over the years, I've been trying to find out what became of her, and, and her IMDb credits kind of go up to about 1979, three years after this. I think she did three other roles. This was her first role, and then she just vanished. And I, and I always thought, maybe she's dead, you know, maybe she just died or... You can't find anything about her on the internet other than stills from the small handful of films that she actually did and that she's still and, alive. Well, it didn't even say that she was still alive. It was just it, it didn't tell you that she was dead, but you know, I I just I, I always wondered whether she'd just kind of passed away and it's never been recorded. Until the special edition of um, Assault on Precinct 13 came out a few years ago and there was um, as an extra on the DVD, there is a small documentary, it's about an hour long, called Do You Remember Laurie Zimmer? And it's a French documentary filmmaker who sets off to try and find her. And she, there's a reason why she's trying to find her. It was something to do with, I can't remember, it was a short film that she asked her to be involved with in the 70s, and Laurie Zimmer agreed. Uh, and then she tries to track her down years later. And... You know, she just keeps hitting a brick wall everywhere, everywhere she turns, trying to trying to find it. Um, I won't tell you how it, how it ends up. She is still alive, but the documentary is really, really sweet. And and how things come full circle, I would I'll, I'll say, um, well worth checking out. And a really solid performance in Assault and Precinct Thirteen. Lee, the sa- the station secretary from Salt and Precinct Thirteen, is my second. Carpenter character,
0: I, I could see why, you know, especially with him. Uh, that that was really his uh, what first big budget movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, you know he had he had relatable characters in the beginning. Um, hmm. Yeah, so I could see uh, why that's on there on your list. Uh, for me, is is probably a favorite of most Carpenter uh, fans, and that's uh, Blake from the Fog, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: which is also which is played by. Uh, special effects, the award-winning special effects uh, artist uh, Rob Boutin, yeah. Uh just because he had the height and the hair for it, uh, <laughs> and did the effects for, you know, The Fog as well. Um, of course, you know, everyone knows about The Fog. It was, you know, Blake and his uh, crew were a colony of leopards. Uh, leopards? No, they leopards. didn't have spots. Yeah, they were. <laughs> the Isle of Dr. Monroe. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> do little yeah do little um <laughs> blake and his crew were uh, you know a colony of, of lepers uh trying to get to the new world paying off these people who had land you know to give and uh, basically stole their money and made them run the ship aground and now it's the 100th uni- anniversary of uh this this shore town and uh Blake comes back with his crew and decides to kill everybody. But everyone knows the fog. But we see Blake for the first time with Father Malone, who is coming to terms that he is to be sacrificed with himself as, you know, one of the conspirators. And, you know, he grabs onto that golden cross that they melted all the gold down to make into form. And he starts shaking and there's fog everywhere. And all of a sudden, everything disappears. And you think, you know, everything is settled until the very end where Father Malone's head comes right off. <laughs> you don't see it, but you could tell it does. You can um, hear it. You can, yeah, you can hear it too. And, uh, you know, I, I think Blake, uh, you know, deserves to be on a John Carpenter character list. So that's why I put him on there, just for those reasons.
1: Yeah. And you always kind of see him in sort of silhouette form, don't you? You never actually see him in any great detail. Um, apart from the red eyes and even when you get that close-up of him kind of trying to extract the, the gold from Father Malone at the end you because there's so much kind of fog around him and the sort of red eyes are sort of blurring his face out as well you don't really get any shot of any great detail which I kind of like I kind of mm-hmm. like him being a little bit of a uh, you know, a mystery a bit of a, um, you know just a shadow exactly, yeah, yeah um, but yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Blake is—that's um, a terrific uh, character to, to have on this list.
0: I think Blake would be next to Myers and one of, John Carpenter's supernatural entities.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Good shout. He's up there. Yep. Good shout. All right, your next JC
1: character. Well, we can't do this without mentioning uh, Doctor Dan Chalice from Halloween Three, can we? No. We Tom didn't. Atkins. <laughs> front and center in Halloween 3 is the kind of handsy doctor who um, who, who starts to investigate the, the, the mystery of the, the Silver Shamrock factory. A bit of a kind of carpenter regular. You know, he's appeared in how many films would you have appeared in? So he's in The Fog without his mustache, which kind of ruins it all a little bit. But um, he's also in Escape from New York, isn't he? he has a kind of smaller role in Escape from New York and this yeah i think it is just three isn't it one of our favorites on this channel tom atkins of course i don't think there's much else to say about him we just really have to have him on this list don't we he's uh well one he's a, pure man. <laughs> exactly. a pure man a pure man proper man's man uh incredibly sexy incredibly um incredibly tough um and you know incredibly charming as well
0: i could sleep in the car
1: be better in this floor anyway where do you want to sleep,
0: Doctor Chalice? That's a dumb question, Miss Grimbridge. You, you know, it, it's it's one thing to say about a guy who can leave his nacky wife, his bratty kids, for a piece of ass at a six six pack. <laughs> he does, doesn't he? Remember, he's like, "Sorry, I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta. I got a I gotta, I gotta piece of ass waiting in the
1: car. Yeah, next week, next week." And then he hangs up, and you see him grab the beer. <laughs> It is. It's that shot of beer, or is it on top of the phone box or something? Yeah, With yeah. He's like, something?
0: Uh, he's like, he's uh, like, you know, he grabbed the beer first, and then he's like, oh <laughs> shit, I better call the ex-wife. As he's like, all right, dig into the pockets, and I don't think there's much, there's, there's too many parts where he's not without a drink, because once he gets to the town, uh, you know, and he he sees, he sees that bum for the first time, and the bum's like, and look at that bottle, looks kind of heavy.
1: <laughs> he's like, all right, here, have a sip. For those of you who are not aware, who may maybe new to this channel, Frank and I, last Halloween, we did a um, a watch-along of, of, of Halloween 3, um, which didn't end well. In fact, it took us two weeks to record it, because <laughs> the first time that we did it, we decided that it would be really fun to um, drop a shot of um, our favourite liquor every time Tom Atkins got a little handsy a little gropy with any of the women in the film he's friendly. incredibly t- <laughs> friendly yeah he's incredibly tactile and if you watch the movie he um he probably puts his hand on uh, more women yeah. that were in the entire crew of the movie <laughs> <laughs> so coupled with having a, with dropping a shot every time the silver shamrock theme tune came on Frank and I were destroyed after about half an hour. You can, you can, you can listen to this on our podcast channel. It was, and I'll play a little piece of it now. Hey, gotta pick up my kids? <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, I got a bottle of water with me. Thank you. Oh,
1: Darren, this is your ship. I can't do it anymore. Don't <laughs> It's going to be a while before the uh, Shamrock advert comes on, and before. They, um, are you before kidding me? We got the
0: sex scene coming up.
1: <laughs> I'm done with the bottles. You have a break. Uh, shit, I better fill the bottle. The fuck, glass. Now are at the part where she's reading a book. Whatever the fuck her name is, <laughs> Marge. Frank has nearly done a whole bottle of Jim Beam. In 40 minutes, I can't feel my face. <laughs> Focus, Frank. Focus. You got? Are you are you grabbing another bottle of scotch, Frank, or are you just gonna? <laughs> no, I,
0: I, I grabbed a bottle of
1: water. You, excuse me, Darren. I go throw up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> 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 so yeah as you can see it didn't end well um uh, but yeah dr dan chalice halloween 3 has to be up there as one of the most popular and one of the most loved carpenter characters
0: yeah i agree uh i don't remember actually much of that recording that we did <laughs> <laughs> uh i have next uh probably more recently well Within the last two decades, uh, James Woods' character uh, Jack Crow from *Vampires*. Um, mm-hmm. I like James Woods anyway. You know, yeah. I, I, I think he's he's funny as hell, uh, a good a good actor uh, in, in certain aspects. Uh, but there's there's a part in that movie because he's a vampire killer, um, where he's stabbing the vampire and he just just keeps on stabbing him. Going die 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 you motherfucker die! <laughs> you <know? laughs> he just kept on going, and, and you can tell James puts his heart and soul into that role. Uh, you know, swearing, going up and down. You know, fuck with him, padre. That's right, fuck with him. <laughs> uh, yeah. So really quickly, I had to put Jack Crow in there. James Wood, you know, because I, I think he's a fun character.
1: Yeah. No, it's, a, it's it's a movie that I I was so excited to see when I knew they were making it. Um, and then, you know, the movie came out, I thought it was okay, but I watched it about three or four times in one week and actually grew to really, uh, uh-huh. really like it. Um, and especially the, and I think I've mentioned this before, there's a, 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 a term for asshole that, that James Woods comes out with, which I'd never heard before, which was Strada Chacolata. <laughs> um. <laughs> Did I give you a little word? Mahogany? Yeah.
0: Did, you get, yeah. Yeah. Did you get one? when I was beating the shit out of you. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah he's, he's very funny in this film. And also, there was a sequel as well, which I think we mentioned briefly before at one point, wasn't there? Where it, this time, um, James... Did James Woods die in Vampires? I can't remember now. No, he yeah, on? he he lived. he lived. He lived. He lived. But for some reason in the sequel, the, the second film, uh, John Bon Jovi replaced him, right?
0: What's your next uh, JC uh, <laughs> character? <laughs>
1: Uh, that's all we have, have isn't it? I think that's 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 every one of them. Oh, uh, I, I got two more. Okay, gone far uh, away.
0: All right, really quick. Uh, you know, as Darren would say, you're digging deep. Catherine Danforth from *The Prince of Darkness*. Now, if you remember her, she was the cute redhead, the student that pushed in, I guess, Satan's son into the mirror, mm. and then Donald Pleasant's, uh uh through i guess like a cross at the mirror to break it to trap her inside
1: yeah yeah
0: you know so she actually is one of those characters that sacrificed herself didn't need a man to help her around she was a very strong character uh and then we see you know next of her character was at the end of the movie being portrayed i guess by the coming of satan yeah, you know, the, yeah. He, he i guess possessed her body and the only way that people were to send a message to people were through their dreams from the future. Yeah. It was kind of weird, but still. Yeah, mm. so I had her, and I cannot put this character on there, even though he's a supporting character, um, from Escape in New York, played by the great Isaac Hayes, the Duke. <laughs> You're number one. Hey, number one. one. <laughs> oh, <chat>. nah. <laughs> oh, that's part two. That's all we do. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. the Duke with his... <laughs> we, we talked about Escape from New York you know, on our podcast, uh, but you know, with his little tick that he has, Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Go get is him! That, Brian. Is that
1: an Isaac Hayes thing, or was he? Did he? Yeah, do he it did that for the film. He, he, he did, did it. it for the film. You okay. Know?
0: Yeah, and it was. You know, Escape from New York is great. It's a Carpenter classic, and the Duke is one of those guys that uh, fits well as a villain in that movie. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh, I didn't so, know the tick was. You know, I, I had no idea. I I'd no idea. We well, don't know, do you? I mean, like he could have been singing the "Chocolate Salty Balls" song, giving it a bit of that. Hello,
0: children. <laughs> but he is an Oscar winner. Darren made that pretty uh, clear to me for Shaft. Yeah, uh, yeah. Not for Please. Chef.
1: <laughs> not for Chef. For Shaft. For the for the theme tune, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. 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 So.
0: Yeah. Uh, there's so many characters, so many supporting characters that are memorable for John Carpenter movies. You know, Darren and I are, are both John Carpenter fans. Uh, we, we said to Barry on our last episode when he was a guest from Wolfman, Wolfman's Got Nards on our uh, Cuckoo Summers 87 episode that we think John is due to make one last movie. It's like kind of a swan song. Uh, it would be great if it was a Halloween movie, but I guess he had to fork over a lot of money for him to come on board as he likes to. <laughs> Apparently, say on a lot of uh, interviews. They give me the money money and I do it. Yeah, he
1: likes money. He likes money. Cool. All right. Stick to the roads. And the best of luck. Bye. Bye bye. (laughs)